Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Avatar, the last airbender. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It's the last day of week 14 here, and we are talking about the first two episodes of Avatar, the last airbender, book two, Earth, which are blue-eyed mode, um, a.k.a. the, <laughs> the Avatar state, and uh, the cave of two lovers. So before we get into these episodes, we did have another comment from a listener, uh, from Ben, Ben from Tasmania, who says, uh, when I first watched the show, book one stood out as being the most varied. The stories were evenly spread across the four countries, cultures, and elements, something you don't get with the other books. So spoiler alert on that. Um, book one is probably too varied to be called water, though. Uh, book one is probably too varied to be called water, though. Also, if they are naming books after elements, why aren't there four seasons? And it's because there are the elements that Aang needs to learn. He already knows airbending. So that's why there's not an air season. So in book two, in book one, right, he needs to learn. They need to go to the North Pole to find a waterbending master to learn about waterbending. And then now they're going to Amashu to learn earthbending. Um, and then the last, the last discipline he needs to master is firebending. So that's book three. So that's what that's about. Um, and then Ben says, in rewatching, I found the visuals and actions were better than I remembered. The Jet episode was beautiful and the style choices in the finale were excellent. I really appreciate uh, Noel's insights as well, especially the felony of it all. So thank you for writing in, Ben. And yeah, any other thoughts on the book structure? Um, I have to admit that I assumed that the reason there wasn't an airbending book is because there are no other airbenders. Well, is that also that? Also that. <laughs> okay, which is a, like a, a slightly darker interpretation. So I, I like, I feel like that's probably, yours is probably more appropriate. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, clearly it's because there are no other airbenders. So that's a good, uh, um, it's a strange day, guys. <laughs> okay, then. Well, let's talk about these first two episodes of book two. Obviously, Noel and I are very excited about uh, season two. Allison, how was your first taste of season two? <sighs> so good. Um, so good. What different episodes, like yeah. very, very different, just in terms of tone. I mean, the one thing they have in common is that they accomplish a lot and they're very ambitious. They just happen to be ambitious in totally different ways, which I think is great. And they, and, um, you know, indicative of what this show did well in the first season, but it just sort of feels like it's heightened here. Um, I, can like turn on my critic brain and acknowledge that I think that blue eye mode is probably the more accomplished of them. Um, but I had such a good time, uh, watching, uh, the cave of two lovers. Yes. Is that what it's called? Cave of two lovers. Um, and it just, I, the entire time I was just delighted, uh, and transported and all of the business with Appa was just, like like peak Appa so far? Just yeah, please bring him back. Um, when he flopped on his back after coming out of the cave, I just I felt that in my bones. And um this is the this is the first time when I've been watching the show and I went, Oh, I'm I'm a Sokka. Um, <laughs> because I am a Sokka. I am like that was I very much related to to Sokka's struggles in the Cave of Two Lovers. Um, I, I just, I felt that really hard. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, yeah, I think they're both delightful. And I just want to listen to the music from the Cave of Two Lovers over and over and over again. 
Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. <laughs> They're like the secret, flaming lips. Secret. Like I was trying to pin who, like what style exactly it's sort of aping. And it's like neutral milk hotel plus flaming lips plus like they might be giants. Like yeah, I don't, sure. there's no, I'm, I mean, mostly, and I, I have to admit that I mostly thought Flaming Lips just because they're walking around on their robes and stuff. And like, I was just like, get in a bubble, get in a big bowl and rotate around. This is going to be great. Um, but the, I just thought the music was so, so, so fun. Yeah, definitely. Sky says, Sokka continues to be a king of practicality. And I felt his frustration with those ding-dongs. Iroh is self-care king. Sokka's practicality, practicality king. And yes, agreed. Yeah. Also, What's that uh, red dot in your forehead? That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keenan says uh, the shot of Iroh receiving a massage from two massage therapists brought me fully to tears I want it so badly and in the second episode when the, when the hippies showed up and they had been on screen for two seconds I said out loud god damn hippies but seriously I want a massage so ferociously L- last weekend if another human had done something as small as bring me a cup of tea that I did not make with my own hands I would have dis- disintegrated from joy <laughs> So, yes, I also very much was feeling Iroh at the be- in, in his arc and Sokka, 100%. Um, Noel, how did you feel about these episodes? I really like these episodes. Um, they're just so, so delightful. And like Allison says, like the Avatar State or blue-eyed mode um, <laughs> is the episode that's arguably sort of more accomplished in terms of what it's wanting to do, especially with its parallel storytelling. Um, with Aang and Zuko. Um, both like as a group, but also as individuals. Um, even down to like how they do their cuts back and forth between those storylines really drive home. This is the same story, just in two very different ways. Um, but the Cave of Two Lovers is just so much fun. <laughs> but until it's very, very sad, right at the end a little bit with Zuko and Iroh. Yeah. Um, but the entirety of that episode is just delightful, and I have such a heart, such a soft spot in my heart for badger moles because they're just so big and scary, but they look so cuddly. <laughs> like I just I can't deal with the juxtaposition of those giant claws and how much I want to hug them. <laughs> so I, I just I really like both of these episodes. But the other thing I do want to highlight, um, my favorite thing from the Avatar State is mad props to Daniel Day Kim's just off-the-wall vocal performance as General Fong. I mean, just, I don't see glowing! It's just like, when are you going to get a chance to say a line like that ever in your career? And then Daniel Day Kim just goes, calls his shot, basically, and goes, no, I got this, guys. I got this. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's so good. But that it's a really good vocal performance from him. Um... So yeah, that's one of like it's one of my favorite like little guest vocal performances because it's just it's so weird and over the top, but you get just such a complete sense of who this guy is really quickly just from the performance, not even necessarily from the writing, just the way that Kim goes for the performance. So that and probably Andrea Romano, who's just a master of vocal direction, um, who did all the vocal direction for this show. Um, it's just really really good. So I like both of these episodes a lot. So Kate, how did you feel about these dipping back into them? 
I thought, you know, there's so much that these episodes are doing really well and really um, just, it's just smart writing. So immediately starting out uh, season two with, here's why we can't just take Koizilla and win the war <laughs> um, is really effective and, and again, very smart. I like uh, that it immediately recenters the journey that these characters are on with um, the, the trauma Right. They don't talk about it in this episode, but Aang is a 12 year old who just will have killed thousands of people. And he's not dealing with that yet, um, but he, he but he can start to try to process and deal with everything around that type of power and every, you know, what it feels to what it feels like to to be to be that power and also um, to be himself and to lose himself entirely in that power and so that's what that's what they engage with visuals again as always terrific and they again immediately go to um give us the give the audience answers that it would have been nice to have earlier but we didn't really need until now in this premiere and and the way they handle that works really well um endangering katara in a really dramatic and effective way while also being like no we're still the good guys we're gonna, we're gonna actually kill her yeah, Noel's air quotesing for the people at home. Um, you know, again, is very effective, works really well, and just showing how far he has to go. That, like, yes, Aang is very powerful, but if he's not in control of his abilities, they will not necessarily be able to do anything to um, to, to defeat the Fire Lord, let alone if he can't he's not able to defeat this one earthbender um, with some help, but still right. Um, who is not even like the best, greatest earthbender ever. He just is a good earthbender and Aang is not equipped to defeat him. And he can't even, you notice he doesn't even pull out waterbending at any point to help with that. He, it's, he just falls right immediately back to his airbending because that's what he really knows. And so it just, it's taking everything in the finale and lowering like nerfing all of our abilities right back down so that we can have another build <laughs> for the next season so aside from the storytelling and the character work and the performances and all of that stuff it just as a premiere it's really smart um and in the second episode it's just like yeah alice and i also am a Sokka, <laughs> um and so is my mom uh though she, she was ready to just like start yelling at the tv because she's so annoyed. and then every time she was ready to do that, Sokka would say something. And she'd be like, "Yes, exactly." So it was it was very entertaining for me. Um, and the songs are so they're, they're just the right level of annoying and really great. Um, so I think they threaded that needle really, really well. Um, and just having it, it, it's just really fun. And after again, after the the pain and the trauma of the previous episode. Um, it's important to temper that with not every part of their journey is going to be that. Though every episode's probably going to have some level of trauma and death. Yay, the story of Oma and Shu. Um, but uh, it, it, it gives the audience and the characters space that they need, I think that we need at this point. So yeah, I think they're just both really well done. And again, I like we had a change in animation for the tale of Oma and Shu, which again, looked really nice. Marcus says, I feel like they should have pointed out that the, the that they won against the fire army with the help of the ocean spirit. Like, my main takeaway was the spirit was more important for the victory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
But the spirit can also only be channeled through the Avatar state, which is... Yeah. Like, there's a weird sort of overlap. And one of the things I actually kind of like about the Avatar state as an episode is that no one understands it. Because there's no one around to understand it. So there's just all this confusion about how it works. And the only people that can explain it are all dead. (laughs) (laughs) And so having that little bit in uh, Roku showing up to deliver a quick bit of exposition about, here's what this is. And also, don't overuse it, because if you die, there's no more Avatar. And that's bad. Um, And Marcus says, yeah, but wouldn't they need another spirit for victory at that level? Maybe. (laughs) It just kind of depends on how how powerful he gets. We don't know. Um, Yeah, so I think that there's a lot of stuff that they're, like, they're laying the groundwork for a lot of stuff, because the Avatar state, at this stage, no, absolutely. At this stage, they would definitely need another spirit um but like the conceptualization of that i think is just missing um from like fong's intel and the kids's group approach to it so i think that's sort of where that that is going um i guess we should discuss the big scary psychotic elephant in the room who has no concern for the tides mm-hmm. um allison what do you think about azula um i feel like uh she and june shop at the same hot topic Yep. Um, fair. That's fair. Yeah, you know, I like I I love a good um I love a good villain. Uh-huh. Uh she was very scary. Um I like that she is seems to be a little bit justified in thinking that her crew is full of idiots. Um even if she's not justified in anything else. I will, however, say that I think she's not a particularly accomplished liar because obviously Ira knew exactly what was going on the whole time. Um, so maybe she should work on that as she levels up her supervillain skills. But I think a good introduction to the character who, and we just don't know very much about her yet. We know that she can, she can bend lightning. Yeah. Which is very cool. And um, and I scary. Th- is she in our opening titles now? Is she the firebender in our titles? Yeah, she has been since the first episode. Oh, really? I thought it yeah. changed. Mm-mm. No, oh. it's been her the whole time. Well, she's awesome. Uh, <laughs> at that, at that, she's awesome at firebending. Um, you know, I, I uh, felt I feel like these are an interesting pair of episodes for zuko for uh yeah. angry fire kid who's also now uh angry compulsive thief um uh because it you know you you end up really feeling for him in that first episode because he's duped so easily because he wants it so badly um and he's very fortunate to have uncle iroh on his side uh and then in the cave of two lovers first we get that really funny shot where he's throwing like a Sokka style hunger tantrum in the background while Iroh is checking out that flower that may or may not be poisoned. <laughs> um, and then like, then you're sort of reminded that yes, he is definitely traumatized, but he can be pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's an interesting back to back pair of episodes for that character. Yeah. The, the things he says to Iroh are terrible. And they're particularly cutting because you know that there is some level. You can tell from the performance and the writing that there is some level of truth to it or, or that that he's not just saying anything. He's saying what he knows will hurt Iroh and what something that he has thought in the past, even if he 
in under normal circumstances would not agree with that sentiment or would say like, well, that's just one tiny bit of what's going on here. It comes from a place, a, a seed of truth that is, that's what makes it so particularly devastating in the way, way that we can really hurt the people we love the most. Um, and, and then uh, feel hopefully really bad about if, uh, if, you know, if they don't deserve it, like I'm saying most of the time, they probably wouldn't. But um, here, obviously, Ira doesn't. Um, and Angry Pirate Kid's going to have to do some work to 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 repair that relationship. But the, part of why we love Uncle Ira is that Ira's not going to make him do that work. Because um, he knows how much pain he's in and where, where it's coming from. Though that doesn't make it hurt any less. Uh, mm-hmm. less. Yeah, it's a really, like, the stuff we get with, with Zuko and with Ira is really good in this episode. It is. It's just really, really thoughtful. And I, one of the things I really appreciate about it, and what I really appreciate about Zuko's whole thing this season, is the ways in which he has to come to grips with everything, basically. Like, all of it. Like, this is just a little taste. Like, he's watching it again and watching it with and discussing with you with you all has been one of the things that I've really appreciated is that going back and thinking about like his whole thing about wait you're just going to throw away this whole division of fire nation citizens and subjects or whatever however you want to splice that nomenclature um and his outrage his quiet idealistic naive outrage at this versus well he's startled by seeing of the the uh, what's your song um scarred by fire nation um, um, attack, but then still feels justified in stealing their whatever that bird horse, thing chicken is. horse or whatever, yeah, ostrich horse. ostrich horse horse, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, something. and is still willing to do that. And I think that there the ways in which that that gets explored, even in these two episodes of yeah, no, I have to get, I have to, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, becomes such a really central question to this because going home again clearly is not an option. So what does his life look like? And mm. how do, how how can he reconcile that with who he thinks he is? So I think that there's a lot of that getting set up here. And I really, really like the ways in which it does get set up. Um, and so I'm really eager for everyone to watch that journey unfold because I think it's really, really good. But I think it's really well done as like a table set here in these first two episodes. And yeah, so at Marcus circling back to something says that he feels like he's missing something in the opening credits. So when they're giving the explanation of each of the elements, water, earth, fire, air, I did that in the wrong order, but you've got a person doing a quick move of each one. So Azula's doing fire. We've got Paku from the water tribe doing water. You've got Aang over there at the end doing airbending, and we have an earthbender that we have not met yet doing earth. Um, And they've been there the entire time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Something to look forward to with that earthbender at some point. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, if you skip, it's easy to skip intro on the Yeah, Netflix Netflix especially. Yeah, Yeah, so it's easy Um, to do that. Yeah, but I mean that's 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 the deal with the opening credits is that they had those designs basically sort of set um, when they did when they started season one. Yeah, 
Uh, well, let's see, uh, Scott, if you have any thoughts on these episodes, feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, we have not been the biggest fan of the shipping. So, um, oh, sure, sure, we sure. were groaning a bit in the bunker, uh, called the bunker about the, the Katara and Aang stuff in Cave of Two Lovers. Just us, Allison, how do you feel? Um, because for me, it's really hard to separate it from like the overall progression of this, but yeah, how are you feeling about it? Um, I mean, I think it was. Like, it was lovely to to look at, right? Like, the yeah. moment when they're leaning in and the cave goes dark and all of that was very sweet. And, um, I mean, I'd rather kiss you than die. That's a compliment. Like, all of that <laughs> really charming and fun. I just, um, you know, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I, it's hard. Mm, it's hard to get past the maturity gap for yeah. me in terms of being like, Oh yes. Cute. OTP. Um, I'm sure I'll get there eventually. It didn't bother me, but it was the least interesting thing about that episode. Although, like I said, I think the, the way that this, that story was told visually was beautiful and uh, the jokes were funny. Yeah. Um, Marcus says that it wasn't great and um, Scotty was um, eye rolling at the shipping and then follows up with but it's not real it's also not really shipping I don't feel like the show is at this point trying to OTP the characters it feels like kids with crushes and growing up and exploring and having normal mismatched crushes and interests and I think that's I really like that reading Um, and I agree with it Um, even down to like the fact that the show sort of like in between episode one and episode two sort of of this season kind of ages people up a little bit because um, Zuko's hair is filled in from being um, clean shaven and Aang's a little bit taller, like not a lot taller, but a little bit taller in his musculars, musculature is a little more defined um, as you can see with him doing, getting ready to do the octopus, um, which I hope you all really like that uh, waterbending technique because <laughs> it sticks around. Okay. They love it. And it looks great. Is it looks so cool. Um, so I think that they're trying to sort of smooth that out a little bit because um, maybe they had a conversation in the room about this seems weird. Um, so they kind of aged up Aang just a little bit, which makes sense. Um, but he, it's still, I think, supposed to, like, level that out a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I generally agree that it just kind of feels like an exploration sort of deal. So I really like Scotty's way of phrasing that. Um, yeah, and that's what I'm going to say about that. Okay. Uh, Scotty says, uh, as well, Angry Fire Kid 2.0, which, yes, <laughs> is a good depiction of how cruelty and abuse plays out in family and how families and how abusers will pit their victims against each other and yes strong yes agree. and i'm also just going to take a very long sip of water yes that is uh clearly a significant part of the dynamic like, even back to when we first saw the flashback episode in season one with zuko right you can tell that there is a very complicated and painful relationship um, between the siblings and their yes. dad. So, yeah, definitely agree. Do we um, do we want to talk about that ending? <gasps> I mean, so. I feel like that's... Here's yeah. my official comment on the ending of The yeah. Cave of the Two Lovers. <gasps> <laughs> um, 
just especially coming after like hijinks um you know like uh maybe we'll sing a love song uh just after all of that that it's a hell of a visual um and a real gut punch and pretty devious coming at the end of such a joyful 22 minutes yeah yeah and like you get an explanation for the city and everything and then it's just like destroyed occupied occupied (laughs) yeah the with a big banner and everything yeah Yeah. the fire nation loves its banners like you gotta give it to them they really love a banner the fourth (laughs) or fifth most fascist thing about them is their Mm -hmm. love of banners yeah Yeah. um so our uh well uh, nolan i know it's gonna happen but alzin are you worried for boomy yes obviously i assume he's being held prisoner um Although I, I, I mean, I, in uh, the nor if this were real life, I would assume that Boomy w- was perhaps no more, um, or had fled. But he doesn't seem like the fleeing type, and this is a show on Nickelodeon, so I'm gonna guess he's being held prisoner, which means that maybe the next ex- the next episode is Operation Rescue Boomy, which I'd be really into, and I hope that. Uh, if that is what they do, that they use the roller coaster, <laughs> that they, they use the package transportation system as a part of their um, jailbreak, which I think could be really fun and um, and also probably scary and sad. So uh, that's my prediction. Operation Rescue Boomy. Marcus says, is Amashu the main Earth city? The story makes it seem that Earth bending began there. And yes, it does. However, Bossing Say is the capital of the yeah. Earth kingdom. So... Omashu is clearly a significant city, but... Yeah, I think, like, the best way to think about it is Omashu was probably, like, maybe once the capital, but it's sort of like Japan in which Kyoto is no longer the capital. (laughs) And it's now sort of the outskirts of that, and everything's been relocated to Tokyo. Um, And Tokyo would probably be the best equivalent for Basingsei, even though a lot of the Earth Kingdom um, stuff is more heavily derived from Chinese culture. But for geographically and like culturally and politically speaking, that's probably the closest um, sort of parallel I could draw. Um, For uh, like the thing that comes to mind with me with this ending is how does, how, how, right? It really, you know, in case you weren't sure about the Fire Nation after, after the, um, the, the, finale of season one how did they take over this king this earth city earth kingdom city because like it functions based on earth bending so do they have like how are they run managing to run the city like there are no did they carve a door or do they have like earthbenders that are that they're forcing to earthbend to let people in and out you know what i mean how how like everything's operated with earthbending in omashu so how is this city even functional? You know, there, there's a lot. There's a there's, it that last shot opens up a lot of questions, character wise, because of course we very much care about Boomy, but also just logistically. So uh, the fact that our next episode is Return to Omashu um, is is a good thing because um, next week we're going to be kicking up the week with episodes uh, two and three. Uh, sorry, three and four: Return to Omashu and the Swamp. Very excited for both of these. I assume um, that one's about Washington, D.C. It is. Clearly. <laughs> Shockingly. Like, I mean, I'm just going to give you a call that right now. Yeah. I'm just going to give you a full call that right now Great. is about Washington, D.C. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So there's just <laughs> there's just a lot that 
this this last shot portends. So I'm looking forward to talking about it with you guys next week. So thank you to Marcus and Scotty and to uh, and Keenan as well um, for sharing your thoughts. If you guys have any final questions, pop them in the chat. Otherwise, we're all done for for this week. Next week is week 15. We've been doing this for 15 weeks, guys. It's so long. I uh, uh, would 100% have gone insane without y'all. Yeah, um, same. I tweeted that like two day, two nights ago. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I just uh, might still be going insane, but it's de- it's just but it's delight. Yeah, yeah, much and and like a little gentler. I have like th- this one stabilizing thing, and it's apparently watching a children's show about um, war and genocide is uh, proving a stabilizing force in my life. Um, so thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Thank you. I Thank think. you both for, 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 yeah, week 15 next week. Okay. Okay. Um, thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye bye.